1: studio c c senior it's a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the armstrong and getty communications compound today we're under the tutelage of our general manager
0: Vladimir zelensky and the brave ukrainian people and special guest general manager the free exchange of ideas it's not the only thing that matters but it might be the thing that matters most and i will explain very well, briefly.
1: No wonder the Russians bombed that children's hospital. I just heard the Russians' explanation: militias were fighting from there, housing there, and fighting from there. So that's why they had to bomb the hospital.
0: Fighting what from there? There's no local fighting there yet, huh? Speaking of that, uh, yeah, I have uh, got up extra early today, and uh, and have been uh, preparing for the show, partly because I screwed around yesterday. Uh, but, <laughs> Big Fish, been going through hundreds of emails from you good folks, mailback at armstrongandgetty.com, and it is absolutely full of, uh, guys, do you think this is what we should do, or why did you say that, or I heard this, or here's Tulsi Gabbard claiming that, and blah, 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 blah. It is an exchange of ideas and questions and thoughts, some very mainstream very well accepted some a little bit out there some a little ahead of their time but the idea that our masterminds our betters our overlords should decree which ideas we're allowed to discuss and which we aren't is perhaps the most disgusting thing i've witnessed in my life in these united states viva la free exchange of ideas folks at all costs practically
1: i'm not sure i'm following you so what ideas are you talking about
0: Any, all, any, about the Ukraine war, especially. Should we do this? Are the Migs too much? What should our policy be? Is Putin really wrong? Uh, I heard that Ukraine isn't really a democracy. Uh, Somebody claims that they shut down their opposition. They're no better than Putin, blah, 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 blah. And the only way to hash things out is if you're allowed to express yourself. And is somebody not letting us do that? Or not wanting us to do that? Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Facebook, Twitter, your local university, your local school system, the the New York Times, the Washington Post, all of them, banning ideas, not helpful. Wuhan lab leak, etc. There are a thousand examples. So, um, and Russia, of course, Russia is trying to crush any any information at all. That's another one of the big stories of the day. Internet companies pulling out of Russia is that a good idea, or should we keep as much information flowing into there as we possibly can? Well, here's a dumb opinion, if you have it. You're I, you're
1: allowed that. If uh, I cherish. Your dumb opinion and the dumb opinion of others. That it, that Russia is being honest that they are bombing a military barracks. They bombed a hospital, and there are so many reporters on the ground, which is amazing to me, that have documented what happened there. But how are all those uh, uh, reporters on the ground in a city that is surrounded with no electricity, water, or food? Did they get trapped in there, or how does that work? I, I don't know. Could they leave if they wanted at this point? I, I don't know. Gosh, I was actually, I, the problem, I don't know. Uh, that's a that's a tough one. If Russia says, OK, corridors open, go ahead, go on home. You have our uh, you have our blessing. Go ahead. Go ahead and leave. You, you're allowed to leave. I was watching a video of that this morning where um, they uh, waved through some families. And as soon as the families went through, started down the road to 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 leave a different group of Russians started shooting them. Yeah, it's just I read incredible. About that. What yeah. the hell? On the, on the larger level, the macro level, David Ignatius in the Washington Post today writes, and he is not, he's an old-school journalist. He is not a clickbait sort of guy. He says this is now dicier than the Cuban Missile Crisis in terms of us staring down Russia and their nuclear weapons uh-huh. for a variety of reasons that make quite a bit of sense. Uh, the leader that is in charge and his state of mind. And the way the modern media works, where you don't quite have the... If you've seen... the what is What was that great movie about the Cuban Missile Crisis with uh, Kevin Costner in it? Slapshot? 13 Days, I believe. Oh, I think third, that's what yeah. it was called. Yeah, it was not Slapshot, sorry. Anyway, there was all kinds of negotiations that were going on behind the scenes that could go on behind the scenes because of, of the times. You know, news was so tightly controlled by uh, gatekeepers. But now that is not the case at all. Uh, You know, everybody's saying all kinds of things and things leak out all the time. And that's where you can't you can't do the delicate negotiations that Kennedy was able to do behind the scenes where everybody could save face and back down. And between dealing with a crazy person and the fact that it's harder to have these face saving diplomatic solutions, I could see where it is a pretty dicey situation. I agree completely about the face-saving
0: solutions part. I don't think Putin's crazy. I think he's put himself into an incredibly dangerous spot, so he's a cornered beast, which is maybe a distinction without a difference. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling ever that, that around a in my beast. head. Yeah, is yeah. the beast act, acting rational as it attempts to bite me, as I hold it off with a rake?
0: Uh, 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 at the point it sinks its, its fangs into your flesh, there's really... Not a lot of a lot of joy in answering that question, really. This uh, He's ripping your flesh.
1: Yeah, so a couple of things um, around that idea that this is more dangerous than the Cuban missile crisis. We learned from Mike Lyons yesterday, if you didn't hear it, and I, I thought this was interesting stuff. Most of the destruction, practically all of the destruction that you're seeing, all the horror doesn't have anything to do with the no-fly zone. They're missiles being fired from Russian territory that a no-fly zone wouldn't have any effect over. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Mike Lyons and other generals I've seen on TV saying uh, those planes that everybody's been arguing about for the last two days wouldn't do much either, and certainly not in time. So, yeah, I have to admit I'm at a point of I just throw it. I'm throwing up my hands. I don't
0: know because we have a number of different folks saying no, they they don't need more planes. They have limited number of pilots. They seem to have quite a few planes. Blah blah blah. And Zelensky, who seems to have a clue, is begging cruelly, right. Give us planes.
1: That's a good point right there. So,
0: I don't know. Fully admit it. I know. I'm a talk show host. I'm supposed to know everything and
1: bellow at you what you're supposed to think.
0: I've failed, and I apologize.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of horrible videos out of there yesterday. No doubt about it. Watching the news last night, it's just, you know, for the 11 millionth time in my life and the thousandth time in the last several days, thank God me and my kids live in freaking the United States of America, where there's no chance of this happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Washington Post had a photo feature what it looks like to be on the train platform where all the families are saying goodbye to each other. If you could go through that with a dry eye, there's something wrong
1: with you. Oh, my God. Yeah, no kidding. Let's start the show officially, and then we can get to rolling. That's what we do. We really, really roll. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Thursday already? Little Friday? Hmm. March the 10th, the year 2022. New you in 22. So far, it's the same old me. How about you? <laughs> yeah. Well. In fact, maybe even a lesser version of me. I may have gone backwards <laughs> for the year. Well, it's still early. Plenty of a year to go. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program.
0: All right, let's begin then officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go. For better or worse, at
2: Mark. A friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs>
0: She is a freaking psycho. I'm familiar with the idea of the nervous laugh, but did she? Oh, God, we're going to play you that whole clip in which she's asked about the refugee crisis and just guffaws. That is weird. She, she's got to either leave politics or that has to leave her.
1: Oh, what a disaster. Well, I don't don't think she's a psycho. You know, my new thing on her is I think she's dumb. I think she's a dumb person. We have a dumb person as vice president, and she gets put in all these very difficult, very difficult situations to be in if you're a dumb person. How'd she get through law school? You got to memorize stuff and outline chapters and all. Did you see Tim Sandifer's Twitter thread about getting into law school and law school the other day? No, sir. Yeah, it's pretty interesting about the LSAT and, and how that is. Uh, but, but his ultimate point was he knows an awful lot of dumb lawyers. <laughs> so Well, that'll be encouraging to my daughter who's diving into that world as we speak. Really? Well, yeah. Encouraging that there'll be other dumb people? I mean, you don't, you don't want to be around dumb people if you're a smart person, do you? Well, no, I'm going to tell her, hey, do your best, but don't stress too much.
0: Dumb people become lawyers every day of the year. Yeah, which isn't good for the country. No, and often dumb and way left people. But anyway,
1: here's a little uh, different story before we, uh, we take a break. So um, we mentioned yesterday polls show that by far the number one issue for female voters anyway is uh, inflation cost of things. There's more news out on that today. I was buying some new wheels and tires for my truck last night, and I was uh, paying for them. And the guy said to me, good thing you did that. Prices are going up 15% next month. Hmm. I said, 15%? I said, so what are they from last year? He said, they're up 15% from last year. So they've gone up 15% from last year, going up another 15% in the next month. And, like, everything is doing that. I mean, that is a giant chunk. Those are giant moves at once in products. Just crazy. And everything is doing that. And with the price of gas where it is now, virtually everything, you could almost say literally everything because there are very few things that don't come to you at some point on a truck powered by fuel that is now more expensive. So everything that was already going up at a record pace because of all kinds of inflationary reasons is now got the added benefit of being transferred by much more expensive gas. Welcome to Joe Biden's America. Mm. Hold on to... your, know, Save your money. Well, bottle you want- were thinking of getting, maybe pass on the bobble and save your money for, like, regular stuff you're going to have to pay for. I got to have my bling. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I know how you are with your bling. Well, yeah. And I
0: hate to work Michelangelo's side of the street, but, boy, with gas prices what they are and tires. Now, if you drive higher than 15 miles per hour, you're just a fool. And I'm talking about... Local streets, uh, throughways, super highways, 15 miles per hour. And probably slow down to two or three miles per hour on the turns so you don't wear out your tires. Save on gas and tires. Exactly. Uh, How's mailbag look? Oh, my gosh, it's terrific. We could do the rest of the show. The insights, the humor, the Let's do that.
1: Let's do (laughs) that. It'd be easy. I'll refill my coffee and sit down. Our text line is 415 295 KFTC.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Inflation is up a lot. New numbers just out. We'll hit you with some of the analysis coming up next segment. Uh, gas, rent, everything is up a lot. And they're going to raise interest rates here this month, so. There you go.
0: Are we at the point where we consider cat meat? <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm just thinking about pork, beef. Well, usually your go-to is cannibalism, so it's good that we're <laughs> well a step short of that. Still. No, 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 you don't leap straight to cannibalism. There are several steps in between, including delicious cat fillets. Actually, I think I'd rather eat Michael than a cat. I don't oh. know why. cat sounds unappealing to me. <laughs> wow. Cat lovers, we're not serious, all right? I Calm down. I'm completely serious.
0: <laughs> Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Oh, man. Sorry. Uh, it's it's wrong to chuckle into this. Um, I'll just read you the quote, then we can discuss. It's from George S. Patton. And uh, David said, I was going to save this for Memorial Day, but in light of what's happening in Ukraine and the terrifying numbers of the young male demographic, they say they wouldn't take arms, oh. up
1: arms to defend the country. I thought it was appropriate. I have more on that survey that's gotten so many people's attention, the appallingly low numbers of people that would stay and fight in America if we were right. in the same situation as Ukraine. Right, and uh, a number of really thought-provoking, somewhat
0: troubling emails from folks and some very patriotic ones as well. I, yeah, I would absolutely like to renew that discussion. But at any rate, here's uh, what George S. Patton said. It's our freedom-loving quote of the day. It is foolish and wrong to mourn the men who died. Rather, we should thank God that such men lived. You know, I absolutely thank God that such men lived, 100%. Um, I, I think George Patton was a great general in this, for some of the same reasons that Michael Jordan was a great basketball player, um, it, 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 competitive to the point of uh, mania. Uh, I think it is right and proper that we mourn
1: the men who died and thank God that they lived. Both. I, my favorite quote from Patton is the whole, uh, you don't want to die for your country. What you want to do is make the other poor son of a bitch die for his country. Right. I'm all for that in uh in Ukraine right now. Right, indeed. Uh, let's
0: see. I want to go... Oh, here's your mailbag. Sorry. And Now, mailbag. Mailbag. Kelly writes, I was listening to one more thing on the ninth. That's right. After the show, the live radio show is over. That's repackaged as a podcast. We do one more segment that's only available via podcast It's called one more thing are we being punished for something or why do we do that i don't know i don't have any idea but um people seem to enjoy it and sometimes there are swears because (laughs) it's not on air. if you've ever wanted to hear a swear catch the one more thing podcast i'll hang out with me off the air and you'll hear me swear anyway uh you both talked about loving your jobs jack mentioned if you were retired you'd have a hard time not having a role in the national discussion I'm so grateful every day that you're both part of the national discussion. So rare to have voices that represent normal, middle-class people, those who work hard and appreciate success, not part of the connected elites who think they know best and continually condescend and dictate the way they think the country should live.
1: And uh, Kelly goes on on that theme, but we've flattered ourselves enough. Thank you so much for the note. Nobody who knows me would consider me an elite. Um, I wish I could put that person in contact with some of the textures that we have every single day and they could they could discuss it.
0: Well, yeah. And and, uh, to the extent that we ever could become part of the elite, we have uh, quite deliberately avoided that. We don't hang out with the powerful. We don't want to start to smell like them. Moving along. We briefly talked about Polish jokes yesterday, and Scott from Pleasant Hill, frequent correspondent, writes, your Polish jokes uh, reminds me of a book I had as a kid that had Polish jokes on half, and you turned the book over, it had the other half of the book was Italian jokes, reading from the other side. I, I remember think, that book. I think I had that book. I think you could order that through, like, Scholastic Book Club from, in school. That would be the only way that all three of us would have had that book. But Scott points out the Poles do not like Polish jokes. Which Poles? All of
1: them. (laughs) Which polls? All of them. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Scott, you're a prince, my friend. Uh, Let's see. Uh, uh, Guys, I sympathize with the plight of Ukraine. It's courageous people as much as you do. But before you support the idea of sending planes or creating a no-fly zone, I'm iffy on the planes. I'm no on the no-fly zone, by the way. But please do the following three things. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The long and short of it is, look up the portraits of the presidents and ask each one of them, should the United States of America go to war with Russia over Ukraine? Uh, it's an interesting question. I would also suggest, John, that uh, an alternate question might be to ask several presidents in particular, do you wish you had come to the aid of those fighting tyranny in Europe sooner than mm, you did?
1: Mm, that's, um, a
0: good, that's a good counterfactual. But I will tell you for the record that I think the course we're on Uh, All measures possible short of open warfare is probably a pretty good one. More on that to come, obviously.
1: Yeah, inflation numbers, some stuff you'll just make you excited to hear today uh, on the way. If you miss an hour of the podcast, grab it at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The athletic apparel brand Lululemon yesterday unveiled its first ever running shoe. The sneaker will give you the grip and the support you need when you're demanding to speak to a manager. (laughs) So explain that joke to me.
2: Well,
0: I believe, and Michael, feel free to join in, uh, that, uh, that is portraying the sort of, of, of person who would wear Lululemon shoes as a <laughs> quote-unquote Karen, if you will. Oh, okay. Someone who's going to demand to speak to the manager over something. <laughs> soft and laughing. whiny,
1: perhaps? Now there I'm yeah. laughing. Look at me. Yeah, I don't, I don't appreciate the stereotyping. I'm laughing so I don't cry. We'll have the latest on uh, what's going on with the war. <sighs> Almost all bad news. Or uh, very troubling potential news, all of it, pretty much, at this point. But uh, more on that later. Grim, no doubt. Latest economic news that is out. U.S. February consumer prices rose 7.9% from a year earlier. That is a uh, highest number in 40 years since 1982, when annual inflation was 8.4%. Which are really, those the period that we're hearkening back to is really a period that, like, people old enough, like my parents, uh, remember, is really the bad old days. I mean, that was a terrible time to live through. Yeah, really rough. And uh, Anyway, reading from the Wall Street Journal's analysis of it, rising energy prices, including higher gasoline prices, helped push up the inflation, along with increases for groceries, restaurant food, transportation services, and apparel, practically everything... And that's all before the war in Ukraine. That's the main takeaway from this. We're at a record pace over the last 40 years before you add in everything that is transported by gasoline going up just for the price of gas.
0: Wow, so the whole global supply chain thing, you remember that?
1: That's still not unkinked. It's improved, but it it still exists. No, Economists expect additional price increases related to the Ukraine crisis, which is just going to be kicking into all this now, after crude oil prices in March hit their highest level since 2008. You know, and then we just said we're going to buy from Russia, and how's that all going to play out? If you take out the volatile energy and food prices, you're still at a 6.4% increase in inflation, which is very, very high. I got told by... uh, the landlord for the rental, I meant that they're going to raise it $200. Oof. All at one time, a $200 jump in rent. And I assume he's doing that because, hey, look, if you don't want to pay it, i got plenty of other people that are going to.
0: Wow. If yeah, we, I mentioned off the air, my kid has uh, signed up for an apartment uh, weeks, I think, uh, two months before she needs it, just because the rent is rising so fast they have to lock in the price. The
1: rent is too damn high. It is. But with rent going up like that and gas going up like that and food, holy crap. When is this going to become like a significant? I, I feel like it's not that much of a uh, a conversation right now mm it it's it polls is the number one issue, but I think it's gonna be the only thing you hear about here soon,
0: yeah, I think so as more and more people hit the grocery store for that big once a month or every couple of weeks uh fill up et cetera people filling up their cars and I mean, speaking of filling up the cars, we got this note from uh Dan lives on the mendocino coast west coast uh, that's northern California It's pretty rural it takes a while to get anything there, so everything's a little more expensive there but uh, regular gas is
1: eight sixty two a gallon. Whoa! Wow. Look out. And then so anything transported on a truck that's buying that nearly $9 gas, they've got to raise the prices to cover the gas. Before the Ukraine crisis, Joe, reading from the Wall Street Journal, economists and policymakers had been hoping for a peak in inflation this spring and for it to trend back down. Yeah, well, I was hoping for a pony, all right? We're both unhappy. Neither one of us can get it. But the outbreak of war has supercharged prices for oil, wheat, and precious metals, threatening higher inflation for much longer than they had previously thought. It's transitory.
0: We believe it to be transitory.
1: So the optimistic view that this was going to all wrap up into last year, beginning of this year, nobody's talking about that anymore. And then I won't read from this uh, column because it's just too depressing. Will inflation stay high for decades? One influential economist says yes. Okay. Decades? Decades? You can get one economist to predict
0: collapse, cannibalism, planets of the apes, well, there's, and more, please. I don't care.
1: Well, is there is there any reason Wall Street Journal would uh, put that out there if they didn't think it was uh, worth discussing? I mean, it's mm. it's not that good for business to have everybody scared to death of inflation
0: yeah yeah, it's a good point. Uh, that is The Wall Street Journal. Okay, fair enough. If it was the USA today, I would continue my scoffing. but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I would like to read that economist's reasoning, although having studied economics uh, you know, in college and for the rest of my adult life, uh, it, sound, it makes it sound like I'm dead now. I'm speaking from the, beyond the grave. No, for most of my adult life, you can find an economist to say anything.
1: Oh, sure. And they're wrong uh, a lot. Economists Short. are wrong a lot. Um, the dismal science. 12-month change for ending in February with a variety of goods. Hit you with that real fast. How much, how much it went up. And this hard graph is not that arg- arg- uh, accurate to look at. But it looks like a, about a 5% leap uh, year-to-year for shelter. Approaching 8% jump for all clothes in a year. I mean, that's incredible. Um, food away from home, about 9% jump, food that you buy at the grocery store, 10% jump in a year, oh, electricity, wow. 11%, energy in general, 25%, gasoline, 37% jump year over year, and used cars and trucks, 40% Oh, increase year to year that's impossible i've been shopping around because I, I, I this is why i bought new wheels and tires yesterday i've been looking around to get a, a replace my truck get something different and the prices are just insane you want that for a truck with a hundred thousand miles on it are you kidding me what i just I, i'm just gonna keep driving the truck i got and i put new tires and wheels on it and now it looks new to me so very exciting yeah listen and and we're, we're doing pretty well right now but uh oh, man, yeah i,
0: I remember can't complain. I remember vividly when we were Judy and I were living paycheck to paycheck, and uh, and my budget for having going out for beers was I could buy one ninety five cent beer, one. I'm not joking. Uh, I remember those days, and, and man, I, I I feel for folks who are who oh, living yeah. close to the bone. Oh That's yeah. so rough. That's, this stuff is not you know wow. This is a once in a generation economic phenomenon. No, it's sickening
1: for y'all, and it, it's terrible. I will say this: our parents. Survived it, muddled through, and when you look at the charts, they regularly start the inflation charts at 1982, because these are the highest numbers in 40 years. And you look at the chart from then to here, and you think, oh, my God, Uh these are terrible times. But if you take the chart back to, like, 1970, the numbers in the late 70s are way higher than what we're dealing with now. Way higher. Regularly in the 10% every year for inflation. So... While it is the highest in 40 years, we're we're nowhere near yet uh, the the worst of the 70s. You know, it's and that, you, you know, I lived up. through the 70s. I was a child. Maybe they were hiding it from me, but I, I hardly saw any cannibalism at all. Right.
0: <laughs> now and again, you'd, you'd occasionally you'd see a guy on a street corner marching on uh, marching on an arm. I mean, now and again, not enough to matter. Uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. It's a good point, because uh, I was thinking of this in terms of the whole uh, Ukraine conflict, uh, the prospect of, of uh, widespread war in Europe, even, God forbid, World War III or something like that. It's, it's worth mentioning that, that people just like you, just like us, have lived through really difficult times, and, and they made it. And often they found joy and satisfaction in it. Often it was very painful and difficult, but... You know, self-pity, especially the modern clickbaity. These are the worst times ever. How can you bring a child into a time like, it's, it's a weird conceit of, of, I don't know if it's modern people or if every generation does the same thing of this is so hard. We're having it so hard. And the truth is we're really not, not most of us. And you absolutely have what it takes to get through hard times. Just because you haven't so far doesn't mean
1: you don't, you do. As long as there's two star bucks on every block selling $3 cups of coffee that you could easily make at home for pennies. um. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Not everybody's uh, doing that these days, especially, but uh, it's a good point. There's always a line. There's always a line at the drive thru. Lots of people are doing it. True. Um, And uh, speaking of my childhood, you know, if we're going to stay on this theme. Um, as a kid of the 70s, I, I enjoyed my childhood. I have fond memories of it. I don't feel like it was difficult at all, but we lived in a smallish house and we drove older cars and we never ate out, which is not hell, by the way, if, if that's your future. You just don't right. eat out anymore and you hang on to your old car a lot longer. Right. I
0: remember I really wanted a new baseball mitt, and, and my dad said we just couldn't afford it. And that was especially painful because that was our meal, my mitt. We had to boil it and eat it. Uh, but they were,
1: those were good times in so many ways. I wanted a new baseball mitt, and my dad said, you can't catch or throw. <laughs> so, so there was yeah. that. Hmm. Anyway, that's our analysis good of times. the inflation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so again, another month where it's a 40-year high. You know, I wish it weren't that way, but what the hell are you going to do? Thanks, Joe Biden. And if and if you can complain about if you can follow the news in Ukraine and complain about your life you're a special sort of uh something I'll tell you that
0: Yeah I I hear you I hear you every time I start to feel negative I think of Ukraine and, and then I don't know well you can f- finish the sentence for yourselves I just I can't work up any sort of griping um, which is not to say that there are the different kinds of gripes. There's complaining then there is you know petitioning the government for a redress of your grievances, which is a completely different thing. You can absolutely be unhappy with the, uh, uh, the performance of uh, the powers that be in demand better out of them. For instance, Kamala Harris, who is representing the greatest nation in the history of the world on the European stage, her performance is coming up next segment. Uh, plus, uh, what else were we going to do? It seemed like a good uh, idea ben, at the time. Ben
1: Sass did an interview
0: yesterday. Ah. It was really good. Right. Ben Sass kicks ass with an E at the end. <laughs> Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, so this time... <laughs> madam
2: the situation is very complex this is
1: what i was saying was wow. that edited in such a way to make her sound stupider that was kamala harris she went to poland yesterday that was not edited Hansen says she is well this is what i'm going with now she's a dumb person you, you can explain everything about her If you accept the fact that she's dumb, all of these questions are way too complex for her. There are stories out there that she won't read any of her briefing stuff and all that. She doesn't want to do a deep dive on any of these topics. She doesn't have anything to say. You know, I I hesitate to believe things
0: like that because they're they're frequently... I agree. I I understand. But But she never has an
1: answer for anything of any... uh, If it's the slightest bit complicated. And she goes with this, I've been cute my whole life and I giggle and it's always worked. Philosophy. Well, I think she's, she's
0: memorized the authoritative tone of voice and the serious look and the finger wag. But, uh, you know, I, I've said this before. I had f- friends in high-level law enforcement in California who worked with her when she was the AG. And they told me, Joe,
1: she's just not very bright. Yeah, she's a dumb person.
2: A wow. friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> <laughs> what? The children, the orphans. Oh, my
1: okay, God, so- their dads died. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't been to the border. Why haven't you been to the border? Well, I haven't been to Europe either, so. <laughs> what? She does that all the time. Oh, my
0: God.
1: She's a dumb. But. Can,
0: can, what does the Constitution say about the vice president? Can you just fire them? Can the president just say, hey, I made a bad pick. It happens. <laughs> you, you're out. You're fired. Get, get, hand her a cardboard box and frog march her to the front of the White House. I don't know how that works. I'll have to look it up. Why'd they send her to pull it? Anyway, that's a different different topic. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So uh, Ben Sass was on special report with Brett Bear, uh last evening and uh, and as usually brought it. He's probably the smartest person in the Senate with a couple of uh, others uh, worthy of the conversation.
2: Um, let's just start with clip number 35, Michael.
1: Has the administration
2: screwed this up? Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, no, maybe to everything. What are they for? Like, you you listen to Secretary Blinken, and there's a process to a process to have a meeting, and maybe we'll greenlight it, but no, we won't. That's not the right priority. There's a frickin' war going on, and it's really tough to get the administration to be for anything. This is not leading from behind. This is just not leading, period. There's a frickin' war going anyway, on. Yeah, that's got
1: to be our drop from uh, for the rest of this war, Anytime we're talking about it.
2: There's a frickin' war going on, and it's really tough to get the administration to be for anything. This is not leading from behind. This is just not leading, period. All right, on-air meeting. There's a frickin' war going on, is the clip. Period.
0: End of clip. Moving along. Ah, what about uh, the use of tactical nukes? Holy cow, nightmare, Ben Sass 37.
2: We are funneling in thousands and thousands of javelins and stingers and other equipment. Well, it's important to recognize that Putin has a gigantic nuclear arsenal, and he will threaten to use it. And the possibility um, that he could use a tactical small nuke on the battlefield is real. We should acknowledge that that's reality. But what the administration is doing is constantly self-determining Occurring by having meeting after meeting after meeting to say, well, if we did this, maybe this literally ha- hair-splitting thing is the thing that would really make Putin mad, and then he'd do something like what—bomb a maternity hospital and kill babies and, and moms in the process of delivery. Putin is evil, and the administration is constantly wrong about who he is and what motivates him, and they act like lots of lawyerly distinctions are what he's paying attention to. That's not the right line.
1: Yeah, see, that's what I wonder about, too, and uh, the people dealing with this are more knowledgeable and smarter than I am, but this do you really need to slice it this thin with the evil Putin to avoid nuclear war?
0: You know, yeah, I'd answer that question differently on different subjects, but I I wish I'd asked for the clip of Anthony Blinken because another one came out of him yesterday explaining how we don't want to risk escalation by, and he had the look of someone who's frightened. I don't know yep. if he was frightened. Maybe he was just
1: being serious, but he it, could it was... just have, maybe he has resting frightened face, but he comes off as a guy who's scared all the time. Yes. And, and his, uh, his rhetoric was so apologetic.
0: It was so cringing. It was so, please don't hit me again. Seriously. He had the look of a battered spouse or something. And, and talking about, we just, we don't want to, that risks being escalatory, he says. It risks being escalatory. If something is clearly escalatory, that means it might escalate things. Depends how the other side reacts. Then it depends how you react to that reaction. But the, the, he threw in yet one more modifier. It risks being escalatory. Just shows how cautious,
1: hypercautious, necessarily cautious, depends who you ask, They're being. Right, i.e. Uh, these are all difficult questions with very high stakes. Say that all the time. There There, there are no clear-cut answers on this that I know, but is there at any point that we say to Putin, here's our red line, you do this, we're a nuclear power too. Like France said the other day, I was happy to hear their defense minister say, we're a nuclear power too. Um, does that ever play in, or does he get to dictate everything? Is that the way you handle it? It's a legit
0: question. By the way, I'm trying to find an email. I know I have it around here somewhere. One of our beloved listeners pointed out that, uh, guys, all the weapon system, ah, there it is it's from uh jim he points out that uh, mig 29s the uh, fighter jets that poland's talking about giving to the ukrainians uh are offensive weapon systems they could reach moscow if they wanted to um providing stingers and javelin missiles to the ukrainian is purely defensive in nature so that's the difference you know it's a significant point and we thank you for making it jim okay i mean whether that means we should not supply those planes is a
1: different argument but that is a good distinction mm. um Among things we have to get to on the show today, Elon Musk has had a second child. What did the world's richest man name his daughter? I think you'll find entertaining. I got my uh, phaser set for wacky. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who's pushing this whole metaverse idea where where we wear the goggles and live in a virtual world, he says that sex will be equally enjoyable as in real life in the metaverse and explains how. Tell you what, why don't you all
0: try it and let me know how it works out. The real world, I find perfectly satisfying. I lack nothing. (laughs) The air, the birds, the tweeting, the showing up for work, it's all fine. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.